Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you can join us. Before we get into the Word, Promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just invite you into our midst and allow you to show us the things to come and the things that are. And just helping us to forgive people and not have uh, or be angry towards them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. We are beginning our study in... First Peter this morning. So, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm excited and looking forward to, to get into the Word and see what the Lord's going to share with us. Um, so, could I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. Okay. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Bithynia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us, again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom, having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven Things which angels desire to look into. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to turn over to you guys first. Clearly, the Holy Spirit's already ministering to you, so I want to give you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is ministering and teaching you for all of us so we can all learn and grow. And then, in addition to that, by all means, if you have questions, please ask. All right? Okay. okay. Well, go ahead, Layla. 
I would just like to talk on verse um, 9 very quickly where it says, Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. It's important that we remember that faith isn't just to get the finances that you need to meet a bill or to get the house or the car that you need for your family or to get to work or whatever it is that you need right now. That's not all your faith is for. Your faith is to build up that I'd say like bank account, your spiritual bank account right there. It's just something that you can draw on at in the end, which would be your salvation of your soul. So that's the main goal of faith. Yes, it's nice to have faith that can accomplish the things and meet the needs that you have. Like, God, I need the car, and you've got faith to do it, but that's not all there is to it. So I just want to encourage our listeners, don't get caught up on that part because you'll miss out on the much greater things God has for you when you're only focusing on these small things in your face right now. Okay. Thank you. That's good. Yes, faith is important. But faith should first start where? With love. With love. And then, of course, with faith, we access the Lord's grace that he poured out on us. And in there is the receiving of salvation. Correct. Right? So I'll ask this. Verse 2. How do you understand that verse? Is he talking about the people in these places? They were already chosen by God for this specific purpose. They are... Um, we are sanctified and set apart for him, for as, him as in God, not, not Peter, but him as in God. We are set apart and sanctified for his good purpose. Like, um, pretty sure it was Paul, or maybe it was one of the other apostles, where he said there were vessels of honor and dishonor. They all have a purpose. They all have a role to play. But he selected you to be the vessel of honor if you're willing to follow him for it. That's a, that's a big condition there, the if. If, right, which he, he addresses towards the end, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, right? Yes. So I, I love this. I mean, I love all the verses, of course. It's, it's the word of God. But in this, there's verse 2, right out, right out the gate, as it were, with Peter writing this letter. He addresses, yes, as you were saying, all the people in these places, the pilgrims of the dispersion, diaspora, in you know very select places. But this still applies to us today. We are the elect according to what? The foreknowledge of God. In other words, he's not surprised by anything. It's already been, uh, I'll say, you could call it calculated, you could call it planned out, but he already knew and knows what choices people were going to make, whether that's to follow him and be sanctified by him through his Holy Spirit, which is the very next part, right? The foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of blood, right? In other words, what is that? Salvation, washing your sins away, throwing them into the sea of forgetfulness, making you clean, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish before our Heavenly Father. It applies to us today. And that is, I'll say, the, the gateway, the entryway is salvation. 
which only comes through Christ. So I, I, I love how even in the, the very beginning of this letter, this epistle, Peter is writing so that we would all know and understand it, to encourage people and pick them up. You are the elect, the chosen. You are the ones that, that the Lord has said, hey, you've drawn near, now, draw, now I will draw near to you. Mm-hmm. And I will wash you white as snow and have a relationship with you and abide in you as you abide in me. Which uh, is, I don't know, to me that's just definitely ministers to my spirit. And, uh, you know, it was uplifting, as I imagine it, it would have been at that time. Sure. So. Just um, thinking about, for me, as I want to handle God's word rightly, um, there, to me there's a potential trap here, and that is okay. to try to understand it all. And that's Absolutely. not what faith is. So if we go back down um, where Layla was a little while ago, just before that it talks about that we have inexpressible joy. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's look at that filter first. Does that exist in us? If it doesn't, we need to think about getting that correct as we come back up and process this because there is this always going to be this tension between free will and predestination. And mm-hmm. they exist harmoniously in God's kingdom. And so, I don't think we're, we're ever supposed to fully understand that. And I think thinking that you can fully comprehend that is, is, is dangerous, right? Because God is beyond us. His ways are not our ways. We're not supposed to be able to understand everything about God. And that's why faith is so important and why it's being brought in here. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, we do have free will to make the choice. Absolutely. But we are the elect and we were chosen before God ever created the earth. And he is not going to contradict himself. So he is still righteous and he is still just. And it's very difficult for us in our humanness to put all that together. So we can only go as far as we can go with God's word and let our faith kick in to take us the rest of the way and never think that we're supposed to have it all figured out, especially when it comes to this. That's, that's for me. Oh, I, I understand, I, I, yes. That's, that's the way I have to process that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's wise. And, and we can also look at, at Scripture, right, and just look at the concept of time, which was created for man, right? The, the Lord, our Father, our Heavenly Father, knows the end from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that. But in knowing that, that that's how our Heavenly Father is, he also knows who is his vessel or a vessel of honor, who has chosen and purposed in their heart to serve him and, and know not that we get it right all the time. Of course, we sin, we make mistakes, we are disobedient. But then what do we do? Do we remain there and, and in so doing choose to be a vessel of dishonor? Or do we bring it back under the blood of, of the Lamb Right and repent and move forward in our relationship with Him, right? And and so that's how the, the Lord knows the difference, right? He, he well, knowing the end from the beginning, He knows which ones are ultimately what we are going to choose, right? Mm-hmm. So He knows which ones are vessels of honor and which ones ultimately are going to choose and to resist and reject Him to to spit on His His face, as it were, or to crucify Him, right? I mean. He knows those things. So, you know, while yes, I absolutely agree with you, we, we should be careful in how we handle the Word, we can also come to a, a deeper understanding of our Heavenly Father and, and who He is. So when He says something, well, we can go back to Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. He knew, I mean, this was in, while in the womb. He said, Jacob I've loved, but Esau I hated. Why? 
Because knowing the end from the beginning, he already knew Esau's heart. And, and never mind the outcome. But he knew his heart and, and the choices that he was going to make against the Lord. To not be in, in fellowship or relationship with him. And ultimately despising the gift that the Lord had, had initially blessed and bestowed upon him. So when I say, back to I guess an earlier comment of, this applies to us today. What, how are we living and conducting our, our lives? Are we, I say, understanding and moving forward in our relationship and, and appreciative of the gift that the Lord's given us, the blessing, his love and grace that we access through faith? Or are we despising and rejecting it? I believe Paul writes something to that effect. And one of the scriptures, uh, I'll have to look that up um, here in a second. But um, essentially, to not be like Esau, right? And it's not a comparison, but we can learn things. right? We're not condemning people. But these things were written for us, that we could come into a knowledge and understand and learn and grow, and like anything, right, generationally. We share the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, or we're supposed to, in order that we can not make, or yes, that we can prevent our um, the next generation from making the same mistakes that we did in our lives, whether it's us personally, our generation, and then they can grow, and we're helping every generation grow and and reach a, a higher level of yes, wisdom, of knowledge, of understanding, and ultimately, hopefully, relationship with the Father. We don't have to repeat the same mistakes. Right? I mean, we should be moving forward, not just staying in the same place and not falling behind. Like what Amos said, write down the vision and make it plain so those who read it can run with it. So by writing the apostles and everybody that's written the Bible, they've made the vision plain. Okay, this is the plan of God. Now here you go. It's like the race. You're passing the baton. Now it's your turn. Here is what we've done Learn from these mistakes. Here's what we can tweak up and make better, and now we can get to the end together. Well, and it, it's Habakkuk, but oh, Habakkuk. Um, not Amos. <laughs> Habakkuk, but no, that's, that's good. And yes, you, that's a valid point, right? And, and why? Because it helps us when we know where we're headed, right? We have a, a goal, the goal, uh, the vision, as it's described, right, or the desired end state, and then. In that, we have the opportunity to either come into alignment, right, which is accepting and receiving and moving forward, or to reject it and resist it and fight against it. And then, in either way, we reap the, the consequences of our actions, of our choices, of our decisions. It's kind of hard to run a race. Like, if someone's like, hey, you want to run this marathon with me? And you're like, no, what's the point? What do I get out of this? If I'm just running to run, then no, I'm not going to do the marathon. But if there's money at the end, well, then, okay, maybe maybe we'll do it now. And now we see our prize at the end of this is our salvation. So, yeah, I'm going to run that marathon. Give me that baton. Let me well, get my sneakers on. There's that. But then what's, what's the other part? You have to run the, mar- uh, the race, the marathon, whatever it is. In the right way. It, you have to follow the course. If you do not follow the course, if you deviate off the course, if you... <laughs> Jump on a bus to, and drive and get a ride to the finish line, as has happened with uh, previous marathons. And right, I mean, is, is there actual factual examples? Right, and, and then jump off at the end and douse yourself with some water. Right, you know, run the last mile. Um, you are disqualified. Right. 
the whole point is to not be disqualified, right? Paul says, I run the race in such a way, not as beating the air, not, right, like, yes. just randomly running, but in such a way that I win. I purpose to win. So I, it's definitely important. So all valid points, but all stuff that we can learn and grow deeper in, right? So anyone else? Are you going, Bobby? You go, I promise. It's okay. Okay. The Lord's pointing out to me verse 7. Um, where it's at, actually verse 6 and 7. And this she greatly rejoiced. Though not for a little while, if, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more than precious, much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, share with us what the Holy Spirit ministered to you about that, sir. With that scripture, the Lord showing that with it, He was also talking about how with their faith is not just taking out the Lord. Like putting the Lord inside of a box and taking him out when you don't need, and taking him out, putting him inside. Sorry, putting the Lord inside of a box when you don't need him, and taking him out when you do need him. Okay, but but constantly using the Lord and purposefully growing inside of Him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was also like that you're a living example. That what you do is consistent and it reflects the actions and the actions and attributes of the Lord, and it highlights them. Not that the Lord needs you to highlight them because He's already great, mm-hmm. but it's for. You highlight the Lord in this, and you allow more people to come into relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. We have to first come into relationship, though, don't we? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with you. I enjoy verse 7 as well. But what's verse 7 is a continuation of what's initially described in verse 4, right? Which says, um, well, actually, it starts in three. Right? But it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then in verse four, right, which is what you were um, in verse seven expounding on, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. And, yes, I mean, again, that ministers to me. right? But like like you pointed out, Layla, with Habakkuk, what is the plan? Right? What is the, the plan or the vision that we can come into alignment and agreement with it? And if you really look throughout the word and let the Holy Spirit minister to you, what is happening here on the earth? 
we are making choices and decisions of if we're going to follow the Lord fully with our, our full um, heart, mind, body, soul, strength, right? And yes. and live like he did. And I don't just mean in the physical sense. I mean also in the spiritual, first and foremost, right? Just solely committed and joined and in tune with our Heavenly Father through His Holy Spirit, right? Jesus being our pattern example. Um, this is what the Lord has been doing the entire time, is a, a purifying, if you will, all right? We get to, to decide if we're going to come again back into the heavenly community, right? If you will. And how do we know that? Because studying out Scripture, it says very plainly that um, He foreknew us. And also that he, well, he knew us even prior to here, right? Yes. That we are known. We will be known as we are known. And yes, that refers to, uh, I'll say, a re-entry of the heavenly community. We've talked about that here before, right? That's what happens in, in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also what the Lord had purposed from the beginning. Where he talked, even with the, the Levites, what does he say? They have no inheritance, as in physical land. Because why? He was their portion. He was their portion. The Lord was their inheritance or portion. Yes. And you can use it interchangeably. Right? So, and not that we can't have physical, tangible things. Right? But let's also remember, we are a kingdom of kings and priests. Right? That's, That's how the Lord set this up. But the Lord is our portion. Right, so it's not that we again, not that we can't have physical, tangible things and money and resources and finances and assets and, and all the other natural things. But those pale in comparison to our eternal one, our eternal reward, which the Lord says so many times, Hey, go in other words, go lay down, go go, you know, live out your life and you'll see at the end of your days, you'll rise up again and into your eternal reward. Right? That said to multiple prophets, especially you know in the Old Testament. So it still applies to us today, right? To come into that and and allow the the Lord to be our portion and our inheritance. Right? Yes. Jesus referenced that multiple times. He said, "I'm going to go and prepare a place for you." So it's not just for the Old Testament, and um, as Promise likes to say, well, each of you, but especially Promise, back in the olden days, it's not just for then, right? It applies to us even today, and for those in, in the future generations. So, you know, it, it's good to, to understand so we can be encouraged, we can have a hope, not that this is our hope, the Lord is our hope in our portion, our great reward. So, just uh, understanding that so we can move forward in it, into the vision. I mean, there's a, there's a lot here that you Absolutely. can get into. And it's, um, you know, there's, um, you know, what Promise was talking about there in um, 6 and 7, and, and looking at that, how do we encourage each other to have the appropriate mindset as we face that and and. Um, 
as I understand that, first and foremost, I will have trials in my life, and I will have I will have those problems um, as we look at them from a worldly aspect. Um, I don't think they're always meant to be constant. I think some people look for them every day, and you'll talk to them, and they go, pressing through, brother, I'm pressing through. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not really glorifying God, right? right. Some of them are meant to be kept silent, kind of like um, with your fasting and praying, right? That you, you carry yourself in such a manner nobody even knows that you're doing that because it's between you and the Lord. There are times to share and ask for prayer. Um, Christ demonstrated that. Lord, if your will, take this so. cup. You know, but if not, I'll, I'll go through it. So, yeah, there's times to pray about it. There's times to bring it between the brother, but it's supposed to be there um, to bring that joy, that inexpressible joy in how we process that. Mm-hmm. And the reward kind of as you were talking about um, in that, um, it's not necessarily for now because it's to be revealed when Christ is revealed, mm-hmm. right? So it's for his glory then. So it may not you may not see some of the fruit of that. But there was a... Um, Interesting experiment done decades ago, and I won't go into all the details of it. I'll try to condense it, but it really, I think, it really sets our mindset to that. You know, we talk about we know that if we exercise, that we push through for a little bit, we grow the muscle. Absolutely, but we don't understand, you know, God's laws of nature. So there was a scientific experiment done where we were going to have a biosphere where people could live in this biosphere because we were concerned that the sun was going to scorch us all dead in the next five years and we we're going to run out of fossil fuel and all the other stuff that was going on back in the 70s and the 80s. And in this in this dome, they started having a problem. I don't remember how long it was into the experiment, but trees started just falling over. Uh-huh. Large trees literally would just fall over in this inside this dome. And they finally realized what the cause of it was and the, and the fact that there was no wind inside the dome. And the trees needed the wind pushing on them to strengthen them, to actually cause their roots to be tight to the soil and cause the roots to grow deeper. And when they removed the wind from blowing on the trees, i.e. the the trials and the struggles, the soil became soft around the roots and gave way to space. And then eventually the tree could not support itself. It actually needed the wind to grow and develop the way that it was naturally designed by God to have. And so our avoidance of the trials is um, never going to work for us. And, of course, our embracing of the trials and wearing them is our, our – our, I mean, they're not our garment of praise, right? No, they're, they're, you know, they're they, not. They become a garment of something else. So we have to – always looking for that balance, which is another reason why moments like this where we get together and share the word and we flesh that out and we talk about this is what it means to me and then we – listen to our brothers and sisters share back what it means to them, and then we go through the Holy Spirit and say, God, what are you sharing with me in this? Because there's always room for us to grow absolutely, and, and understand his word more deeply. Great, great points there, Dean, because Scripture tells us very plainly, there's troubles that are common to man. Everybody experiences them and endures them. But then there are also trials, challenges, uh, tribulation, right, that, that Christ experienced. And, and he even said, if they do this to the master, essentially, what does the slave expect, right? If we are following the Lord and doing, uh, being, I'll say it in this way, being obedient to his will and how he is leading us, saying what he says to say, doing what he says to do, uh, we should expect there to be resistance and, and rejection of uh, we also have to remember sometimes we're stupid and we just have to bear the consequence of our bad choices. It's nothing to do with a trial or tribulation. Right. So, but there's, you bring up a great point because there's a, there is a difference. 
is it our own choice or, or disobedience or right that that got us in that place and now we're just experiencing the fruit of what we've sown? Or are we actually being persecuted for following the Lord and doing being obedient to what he has told us, said said for us to say and and does for us to do, right? Do these things, do it in this way, in this manner, how or the how to do it, as it were. Or is this just, you know, trouble that's common to man as a result of the sin nature? Right? Like um you know, we'll we'll take all the way back to the garden. You had Adam and Eve. Well, Eve was got her name after after the, the curse, right? And but what? Then they experience all now you have to, to actually put in work. Right? The ground's not just gonna produce, you have to put in the work to get it to a place where it can produce and you can bear fruit. And then let's look at the fruit. Uh, have we done everything that's required in order to for it to have good fruit, right? But that's just again part of the curse, part of the sin nature. So if you will, one of those three, uh, just, you know, I'll say categories, uh, which one does it fall into? Um, and then, yes, as you pointed out, how can we, um, we can't wear them as badges of honor, as it were, if, well, we, through our disobedience, are now just reaping the fruit of what we've sown, right? And Scripture talks about that. Those that sow in the Spirit reap in the Spirit, Right, and, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's just good things, but then those that sow out of the flesh or in the flesh reap corruption and a whole lot of other negative, horrible things that nobody wants to experience, or I mean, nobody should want to experience anyway. Um. So yeah, that, those are great points, Dean. Uh, I appreciate that, brother. Absolutely. Anyone else? Uh, yes. All right, Charles. Well, Hosh has shown me in verse 2 on the second half where it said, In sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to take you to James. You just have to flip the page. James 4. <laughs> well, in your Bible, you just have to flip the page. In other Bibles, you have to flip a few pages, sir. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then I'd like to take you to Isaiah. Chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord was just showing me that in that scripture. It was talking about how, yes, we are... Uh, cleansed by the Spirit of the Lord, but there's also some self-cleansing there. Before mm-hmm. you are able to even get close to the Lord, you also have to do, look at yourself and evaluate and get rid of stuff. Because in order to be able to draw towards the Lord, you have to um, actively be listening and, I say, be willing to acknowledge that the Lord is there. Because if you have all that stuff in your life, how can you possibly be able to go to the Lord? I know that he takes care of it, but you still have to do your part in that process of start moving out some of the stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the Holy Spirit does multiple things, right? First, if you will, as you were, oh, we'll start here, right? So you were saying oh, we have to uh, understand and be willing to change, right? Yes. Is, is that not part of um, what it, 
typically known as the sinner's prayer. Right? There's an acknowledgement that I'm a sinner, right? When we're first coming to Christ. Okay? Um, And then after, yes, he he does take us and he washes us white as snow immediately. In, In the moment that we come into faith, use our faith and believe he is who he is and that he died on the cross for us, right? Yes. Okay. So accessing his grace, which first was given as a result of his love to us through faith. And then what? Are we completely 100% good to go after that? No. No, we don't yet look like Christ, right? We have, as, as Dean pointed out, there are roots. And some of the roots are not of Christ. There, there are lies. There are things in our lives that we've chosen to accept and believe as truth. That, yes, the Holy Spirit, who one of the things he does, because of love, is convict us of sin. In, in other words, he says, that's not quite right, and we know it. It, it. it registers with our ministers, with our spirit, that we've got to deal with this. But then, as you were saying, sir, yes, we have to be willing to say, all right, you can have it, or to rip those roots that don't reflect Christ, his nature, his character, his attributes in our life, up out of the of the, the ground, the earth that we've planted them in. and But then there's a, the added step of replacing them with truth. Or, to say it a different way, replacing them with the Lord. It's important. Because if we continue to, to harbor and and hold these, this, these deceptions, these lies, these roots that don't reflect Christ's nature and character, but are in fact opposition to the Lord, we as a tree, how is that going to help us? It doesn't. It would weaken us, right? Yes. We wouldn't fully display or demonstrate the love, the nature, the character of the Lord in our lives. Right? Yes. So, yes, that we do have a role, absolutely, and a part to play. We, as you know, Layla pointed out with Habakkuk again, Coming into the vision, right? Coming into alignment, there's got to be a willingness and a part to play. You still have to run the race. You can't just sit there on the ground and expect to to cross the finish line, right? We have to move forward in the things of the Lord, anyway. So, yeah, it's a good point. Anything else? No. So we read through verse 12, yeah? Yes. And I think verse 12 is important. Um, I mean, they're all the verses are important. But he writes specifically, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. I find this important, Right? And you see the the same, well, it's really the Lord's heart, but you see that same heart expressed through Paul as well, where he says, uh, it's not difficult for me to remind you of these things. It's actually a safeguard, right? There are things that we need to be reminded of in the Lord and to be encouraged in. So we continue to move forward or to stand in the faith. Um, 
So Paul, or Paul, Peter, in this case, brings begins this whole letter just reminding and encouraging them of, of the blessings and the benefits and the, of the things the Lord has done, his death, his resurrection, and how we have access to his grace as a result of faith and continued steadfastness in him. And then, again, reminding them of their, their great reward, which is to come. Right, as long as they remain. So there's purpose in there. It's not just doing it to do it. Right? In business and whatever, right? No one just does it to do the work. Right? Everyone seeks whether it's running a race or, or whether it's actually a business right there, there is a desired goal or outcome. Now, for us Christians, believers, that goal and desired outcome should be to to reap our reward, which is eternity with Christ. Right? That's why in training for a marathon, and since you brought that up, Layla, right? It doesn't just happen, oh, I'm just going to get up and do a marathon today. No, there's a lot of effort, work, sweat, blood, perseverance, pain, and still pressing through all those things in order to achieve the desired outcome. And for some, that is just finishing. And for others, it's run in such a way where they want to win. I'm going to be the number one person in the number one spot on that podium and get the wreaths and the accolades and the right and all those things. So everyone runs it at their own way and their own pace. Right, not unlike our our, I'll say race. In this world, right, like like Paul describes, I run the race in such a way where I win. In this race, though, I'll say the race, our our walk, our our relationship with the Lord is an individual thing. I'm not racing against you. I'm not competing with you. I'm competing with myself or with my own flesh to make sure that I don't disqualify myself. Right, I, I'm not going to hell for you. You're not going to hell for me. Right. Hopefully, we go. To, we all go to and spend eternity with our heavenly Father. Right. But there are people that are going to choose to go to hell by not, or by I'll say by disobedience, or as a result of disobedience. But we should be running in such a way where it's to get the flesh under control, so that way, at the end of our race, our Lord and Savior, our heavenly Father, stands up and gets a well done, or gives us a well done, and says He's pleased with us. And then we can enter into our rest. Right? Yes. Okay, so um, it's important. It's important for all of us to to understand, yes, what the Lord has done. Absolutely. But then understand the, the blessings that he continues to pour out on us every day. So it says we brought up Esau, so we don't become like Esau ever and despise or reject what the Lord has done and blessed us with. Because he really didn't have to. Right? Uh, we talked about this here recently, but you know, uh, David says it best. You know, What is man but a vapor? But yet the Lord chooses to, to care about us, to love us, which is a, an amazing gift in and of itself. What do we actually provide for the Lord? 
what can we give him? Now, he's worthy of it all, but how do we in any way benefit the Lord? But we are blessed and given the opportunity to, yes, come into alignment with him, but then also to carry out the works which he has purposed for us to do. Or, in other words, to be a part of all that he intends to do and accomplish in the earth, which is a blessing in and of itself, because he doesn't have to use us. All he has to do is say the word, and it's done. But he chooses to use us as his vessels to accomplish his purpose, to be ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. So, it's a a wonderful honor and a blessing. Anyone else have anything they want to add? No. Or share? No. Okay. Well, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and just for being you, God, and for helping us along the way and giving us the opportunity to be your vessel of honor, Lord, to be that ambassador in the earth, Lord, to represent your name, Lord. And I ask that you'll strengthen us up, Lord, so that we can bring glory and honor to your name, God, and run that race in a way that is worthy and pleasing to you, Lord, so as to not bring shame upon your name, Lord, or your word, God. And I just thank you for your goodness, and I ask that you protect our listeners as they go about their days, Lord, strengthen up their minds, Lord, and help them keep their eyes on you. And when they look up, they see you, God. And so I just thank you for everything that you've been doing and for giving us friends and family to discuss the words with, Lord, and for their health and everything else, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.